tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And Jimmy, just a second ago, before I hit record, you said what you wanted to do for Thanksgiving. You know what? I'm really excited. Uh, it's Thanksgiving is tomorrow. You know what I want to do? Yes, I want to. I want to get a nice hot cup of cocoa. Walk out to the shop and lock the door behind me and turn my phone off. But I can't do that. I got to go. Mm. I'm going to hang out with some friends in Woodstock, and I'm going to have a friendsgiving. My you got to go, or you get to go. No, 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 no. I get to go. It's going to be fun. It's cool people. Okay. <laughs> uh, but in general, the overarching concept is I don't want to do anything. I want to just. I spend well, a lot of time. You don't want to do anything. You want to do a specific thing. You don't want to. Yeah, do anything, I. Right? I've yeah. been I've been alone a lot these last couple of weeks, and I, I really, I really, really enjoy it. I really enjoy being alone, being able to just constantly think. The. What I can't stand is questions on top of questions on top of questions. And <laughs> what I'm, I'm realizing what I'm doing lately is I'm not digging into any information I'm supposed to know because I don't want to have to know it. So I don't have to talk to people oh, about it. So you don't have to answer a question about it. Yeah. So my standard answer is to the couple of people that I'm on on the regular with, I don't know. Well, what is it going to happen? Like, is it, has it been a I go, I don't know. And then the, the rhythm of the questions usually, uh, 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 and I go, I don't know. Uh, uh, uh. I go, well, I didn't ask. Uh, uh, uh. I go, I know I'm supposed to know, but I don't want to know. Uh, 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 uh. I, you know what? Why don't you talk to that person? That person has the information. Uh, uh. I know I spoke to them a few minutes ago, but I don't, I don't want to. Go ahead. You talk to them. I don't want to be in between. Uh, uh. That's the conversation I have about 30 <laughs> times a day. It's a that's a very um, Charlie Brown Christmas kind of conversation <laughs> where the other person is just wah 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 wah. So it's it's I'm venting a little bit, but you know when you're in between things and things that are going on, I just I just don't want to know. So because I don't want to be the carrier of information because there's like a big game of telephone that goes on, you know. Mm. For anything, even you know even. You know, I told you guys what's going on behind the scenes just now, but there's that, and then there's, uh, you know, I like a lot about everything that's going on. Just whatever. I don't know. I'm complaining. I shouldn't complain. Well, so, <clears throat> I mean, I can identify with that. I think, you know, yesterday in particular, I spent the entire day um, by myself. Jenny went to work. Kids are at school. <clears throat> and so I was at home. And I didn't really, like, I did some social media stuff and, like, some, you know, computery things. And then the rest of the day, I was like, I'm in between projects. I need to clean the shop, so I'm just going to clean the shop. So I spent most of the day just moving things and sweeping things. I didn't have music on. I didn't have, I wasn't watching anything. And I just got stuff done. It felt really, really good. But I had this really quiet day of being productive, enjoying the quiet. And I love my kids, but as soon as my kids get home they're used to telling me about their day, right? So they're used to just, here's what I did. I know you're going to ask, so here's what I did. <laughs> and there's four of them. So as soon as they walk in, the teenagers, the two teenagers just disappear. They just don't talk. They just how old, is, how old are they now? They're 16 and 14. Oh, yeah. They're never going to talk to you again. Yeah, they just disappear. And so I have to go chase them down <laughs> to find out if they're still alive and stuff like that. But the other two, the younger two, just... Today in math, I learned about that, and then I watched the video that told me that, and then I did And so the, the shift from silent, productive mm. enjoyment to just, like, word vomit is, yes, yeah. I'm with you. That is why, I can, that is, I said it before, I said it a thousand times, that is why I work past midnight, because at midnight is, my brain goes into fifth gear. Yeah. It reminds me of having roommates and being home completely sober and it's quiet and then your roommate comes home and they're drunk and they just want to talk and the energy level between the two is just completely different and it just kills the vibe. I told yeah. you guys uh, how I started doing that, you know, just like the whiny noises because my, my buddy worked at a steakhouse and he lived with me because his wife threw him out. He lived with me all the summer of 2009 and... Every time he come home, he's like, what are you working on? What are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? What's going to happen? What's that TV show? You heard you had a meeting. Blah, 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 blah. You know what you should do? YouTube. You know, and then the whole time I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, okay, oh, you're going to start whining now. I guess there's too many questions. I just go, 
I, I've heard you do that a million times. I've never seen you do that to someone. <laughs> oh, no. Like, <laughs> that would be rough. It started with my buddy. He's just, because he'd be like, oh, okay, there's too many questions, I know. I'm like, <laughs> He's like, what are you going to do today? That's, that's, you know, that's always a question. He's like, what are you going to do today? I said, I'm going to do everything. What are you going to do tomorrow? I said, I'm going to do everything tomorrow. Everything I everything. didn't do today. Yeah. What are you going to do? And then I said, like, uh, it's like, oh, here we go. Too many questions. Uh, 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 uh. So, yeah. That's it. If you with if you live with me and I start going, uh, 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 I start you talking ever, in abstract sounds. You ever do something? I can't think of a really good example, but it would happen at, at work a lot. You do something and you did something wrong and you know what you did wrong and it was a mistake but then when your coworker or your boss is like well what could have what, what could you have done to not do that and that for some reason that question always just got under my skin and i know that they're just trying to be helpful it's shady always, though it has a shady tone if, to if, it if, that's yeah, why it i would like i would be like, with that yeah i know what i know i know what i should have done I don't. I don't want to talk about it. I want to be left yeah. alone. I, I want to go in the shop. We just want you to say it out loud so everybody's aware. Well, this is what you do when, <laughs> when somebody asks you a question like that. You go. Well, now I do. Yeah, <laughs> and then you lose your job. That's, you know, it's just the tone. It's uh, all they want to hear is the the uh, apologetic tone. You go. Do you, what do you think you could have done differently? <laughs> oh, very good. But if the tone is, uh, 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 it's like no, 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 no. You go back to the break room. You take some time for yourself. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, it's all in the tone. It doesn't even matter what the words are. Mm. There you go. Try that next time. Yeah, <laughs> try that. That'll be great for you, I'm sure. What have you guys been up to? What have you been doing this week? <laughs> I, I, no, I, well, I have no physical... Vi- I have a video. I do have a video this week that I'm working on. Hmm. It's uh, episode five of the of the Graveyard House, so I'm working on that edit. But I've been, I've been doing a lot of work on a behind-the-scenes a couple of bars for uh, a liquor client. I haven't shown any of it really. It's kind of in the background of my latest video where I made a set of drawers. But that's a job that's looming. I have to get that done. There's lots of aspects to it. Lots of like branding and laser cutout logos and and vinyl stickering and fabric and leather. It's like, a, it's like 50 aspects to this job. Wow. It's supposed to look like an old steamer trunk, like they would have been on the Titanic, and then it all pops open into this flip-out bar. So there's like all these little details on it, and uh, so I've been dealing with that, and I'm experimenting with the the bell. Remember, years ago we talked about casting a bell, and it was so easy. I was going to make like one for each of you guys. I vaguely remember being like, "Oh yeah, make me one." Yeah, I, I remember one. that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I did it like eight times until I got one that like is vaguely okay. So it was a complicated mess. So now I need to put some some verbiage on it for for a specific situation. It's going to be for memorial, so I have to put the the names of the folks on it. And uh, so I started experimenting with that last night at two a.m. By in the video, I make the bell and I put the letters on it with raised little bits of pieces of cardboard. And I thought I was going to be able to cast the whole thing and then pull it out of the mold, and all the words would be on it. But I got, eventually I went with a different technique. I had to get rid of the letters because it was cut, the castings were coming out so rough. There's no way I could have saved the letters in the polishing process. So now that I got a decent casting, polished up, it's decent. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. I'm going to try and electro-etch the letters in. So last night I played with my old silhouette uh, portrait, the thing that does the vinyl cutting. And I'm going to try and mask the letters out. So I, I raised the, I made the letters hollow. I'm looking for my phone to show you a picture. And I'm going to try and apply that to the bell. So and then mask the rest of it off, and then do an electro etching like I did with the, uh, like I did with the um, the hatchet. I'm just zoomed in so I don't show the words, but those letters are only like half inch tall. So I'm going to wrap those on the bell, wrap the whole bell with vinyl or something, and then try and etch only the facings that show out, the letter forms that show. Interesting. So I'm going to experiment with that today. That's that's what I'm going to try and do today. And uh, episode five of The Graveyard House is coming out. We dig and put in a whole preparation for the Stone Stack Foundation. So we do the... I, I just pay for it. I just pay for it and videotape it. But I am hard at work helping them. But the, the guys that that I've hired 
dig out and put a drain in the ground, a French drain. So that's coming up. And uh, yeah, oh, I, I I shipped five, six bags this week of the uh, the Maker Tote, which is really exciting because that's a project that uh, obviously I've been dealing with and playing with for the last several months. And I finally have about 15 to sell. I sold six of them on the first day. It's funny, you guys know whenever you have anything to sell, if you talk about it, it sells. If you don't talk about it, everyone <laughs> forgets about it. Yep, that's true. It's almost like life happens, like, you know, like when, when the tape passes the playhead on a cassette tape? You know what I mean? Like when the, the yeah. tape passes right at the playhead. You have life before and after the playhead. That's just as important as what's happening exactly at the playhead. But only at the playhead is when things happen. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's like very abstract, yes, but now. half our audience that's, doesn't know what you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah, that's that, true. That like, spot is now. Yeah. So that's why when people want to do affiliates with me, I'm like, it only sells when I talk about it, and I'm not going to talk about you all the time. I'm only going to talk about me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> a, I mean, that's a truly honest yes, you're yeah. correct. <laughs> I don't do much affiliate stuff myself just because it's, there's, it, it, it feels uh, like I, I don't want to sell too many things in a video, right? Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to turn people away. The only affiliate stuff I do is is passive, in that I make a list of those things and put yep. them down there, but I never actually push those links. You know, yeah. for that same reason. But yeah. yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Just a lot of little little things. So like I said, I've had kind of a solitude week, which is good because I can get a lot done. But Thanksgiving's coming. So with the bags, <clears throat> um, has the I know that you intentionally made them so that they could be easily, or not maybe not easily, but that they could be consistently assembled by you. Mm-hmm. Has that process changed now that you've done, would you say, 15 of them? I made so far about 25. I've given a few okay. away. So I made about 25 so far. Have you changed how you're doing it to make it easier on yourself per one, or did you kind of already get to that? No, I, I, I keep improving the process. Making the setting the rivets is a little cumbersome, and the straps, straps putting the straps in and out, the, the leather gets a little scratched putting the straps in. So, but for now everything's good because if the leather gets a little scratch in it, you can kind of use the, your hand oil and just kind of rub the scratch away. I sold one this week. Somebody, a couple of people asking for discounts only because they don't have enough money or whatever. And that's fine because I do have bags that are discounted because they're scratched or damaged from the process. Some of them have anomalies in the leather. You know, I put the whole thing together and then there's like a branding mark right somewhere. It's like a cow face. Like right yeah. The <laughs> kinda, kinda. And, you know, I know that going in because I'm cutting it apart. But if I don't put it right there, that's then, I, you know, it's like I'd rather get three bags out of a hide than two. I'll make it anyway. Somebody will want it. So one had a little blood stain on it from my fingers are always cracked. And one of my fingers is bleeding a little bit. It's just a little blood drop. It's like enough to convict somebody. It's not, it's not. (laughs) You could charge extra for DNA though. Well, it's funny because this one guy was saying it and he's like, ah, he was on the fence. Very nice guy. And uh, we went back and forth and I sent him a little video clip on Instagram of the bag with the blood spot. I said, I'll give you a discount on this one. And he right back. He's like, I know you think I'm crazy, but that's the only one I want is the one with the blood stain. Wow. Because what a great story. Because I'm sure I'll get my blood on it too. So, uh, so there's a lot. It's a lot. It's it's been nice too. I've met a lot of people selling these things, and we'll see. And you know, I've talked about it in the past. How it's these companies start with one thing. You know, I got to go get on a train and carry my bag of bags and go from town to town trying to sell them. <laughs> you should do that. That'd be an awesome video. So I, I, you know, that I would kind be of a like great video. <laughs> I, I've been watching these videos where I talked about the car companies. Oh, the, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I took like I don't even remember the name of that channel, like Big Business or something, where all these car companies started out as just like a tinkerer. And same thing with Rolex. This the guy that started Rolex was an orphan that started working at watch companies, and he just said, "I want to make a better watch." And then he came up, apparently came up with the name Rolex, just like Kodak is a made up word. Hmm. He's like, I wanted a word that sounded fancy. Hmm. And so he just kept throwing letters together until he came up with the word Rolex in the, in the turn of the century. And then he's also the first one to say, I think Rachi should be on your wrist. 
I mean, it wasn't, he didn't invent that, but he was the first person to be like, I think let's put watches on wrist for good. And he's the first one to make an underwater watch. But it was just some guy that had an idea. I forget his name. It's a German name. But the, the idea of each one of these little things that I do, you know, which one is going to be the one that's going to be a legacy product? Maybe none of them, maybe all, everything together. I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. It's interesting to be inspired by these big business people that, you know, in 100 years from now, what's, what's going to be the thing? I don't know. Just hmm. scratch it off lotto tickets, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm well, okay no. no, actually, you're not. And the difference there is that <clears throat> you're not hoping for a success with no effort. That's what lottery is. You're, well, you're right. willing yeah. to trade a little bit of money for potential unknown thing. You're yeah. doing work. You're doing exploration, hoping that one of those things will connect with people. That mm-hmm. there's a huge difference there. So don't diminish what you're doing by equating it to lottery tickets. No offense to people who play the lottery, but I don't think that's the same thing at all. Yeah. No, I guess it's just because I keep trying so many different things. Sure. Well, yeah. But it is rewarding. The bags are. It's, uh, it's I hunting. Think, it's hunting. That's different. I, I think I said it before. Uh, so many things are just kind of hitting the mark, like uh, the laser cut boxes and and this is so effortless. It's like it, just like everything else. It's the it's the culmination of so many things that I learned how to do in the last several years in my in the lifetime. There's so many things coming together, branding and and technique of laser cutting and just experimenting with leather and so many different things that, you know, I'm not a traditional leather worker in the sense of, you know, you have like Odin Leather who's doing incredible stuff and so many guys out there that do beautiful, beautiful stitch stuff. I don't think of myself like that. Just like the way I don't think of myself as a knife maker. It's funny, there's a, I got a random phone call this week and I picked up, I said, hello. And the guy goes, is this Jimmy DeResta? I said, yes. <laughs> There's your first and, problem. And he goes, is this really Jimmy DeResta? I said, yes. Like, I don't, I always like, I always mess with anybody who, no matter who it is, I just like, they ask a question, I answer it. That's it. I don't elaborate. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. I always save that to the end of the call. <laughs> it gets too wordy. And uh, he says, I go, he goes, do you, uh, do, you, do you sell knives? I go, I don't sell. He goes, I, I called you. I found you online because I want to buy a knife. I love the knives you make. I said, I make the worst knives on YouTube. Why would you call me? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, really? I really like the, the knives you make. I was like, I'm the worst knife maker. I don't know what I'm doing. And we got into a little conversation. He found me on Google. And I said, I make these knife blanks. So I can send you a knife blank, and then you can make your own knife from that. And so that was how we, we came to a compromise. So I'm going to send him a knife blank. But it was funny. Like, there's a person telling me that I'm a good knife maker, and I'm not a good knife maker. And then... That's, I mean, sometimes they like the passion that you put into it, and the effort, and the, the years of skill that you, you build up. And it might not be about the quality of the end product. It might be where... It, where it comes from. That's really, that's really cool. Thank you. I like that. That's it's also cool. relative positioning, right? So like, I, I can't think of a good example. Uh, sewing. I could look at somebody who can sew, technically can sew and be like, wow, that's really cool that you made that thing because I can't do that at all. That person would look at someone who has a lifetime of sewing and be like, I'm a complete novice. I don't know what I'm doing compared to the thing. So it's relative, right? Right, 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 ability, and so, and that doesn't make it any, any worse, or it's just Mm -hmm. better than what you are, or better than what you have, or whatever. And that's that's a great Mm -hmm. way to, you know, probably Mm -hmm. cheaper too. It's cheaper to get a a blank from you than it is a finished knife from somebody who that's what they do all the time. You know. Yeah, that's what I said. I go. go, It takes too much effort for me to make a knife. I said I could sell you something, get you part way there. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's part of my design process is always trying to find a piece of that, like selling the knife blank and not selling a finished knife. And it's a, still a piece of me in some respect, or selling these bags, which are, they do take a lot to put together. There's there's no easy task. Even somebody said to me, why don't you just sell them rolled up with like a little cup full of rivets? I'm like, you have no idea the complications that go into trying to put this together. It's, it's like a wrestling match. But I, I, that's what makes it look like a sturdy bag when they're done. You know, that's what makes it look so sturdy when they're put together. Hmm. Well, David, what about you? What have you been up to this week? 
this morning I put out the floating nightstand video, which uh, is not a nightstand. It's a night float. <laughs> and uh, so yes. curious to see how that's that's going to do. So the, the projects in the other house are, are coming along. I think the next project in that house is going to be the bed that's going to go in between the two nightstands. And then after that will be the built-in closet. And I'm not... I'm not looking forward to the built-in closet thing. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to look fantastic when it's done, but it's not, um, I don't know. The, the built-ins don't have the same kind of feel as a piece of furniture that can be moved. I don't know what it is about that. So, but, uh, well, it has, it has like one viewing angle. Maybe that's part of maybe, it. Maybe, maybe. Like yeah. Maybe that's it, because I've done a built-in closet here at the, at this house, and it looks fantastic. And I'm like, man, this is this is really nice. But it doesn't, I don't know. It feels more home renovation than furniture building to me. Yeah. So. Well, I know you said in your in your tour video that like not everything was going to end up being a video. Yeah. It, that that one that is, one's though? definitely going to be a video because um, what I want to do with it, I think, is is interesting to people who cut wood so yeah the people who cut wood. <laughs> people who cut wood i think they're called woodworkers so the the, the bedroom is, is coming along all the floors all the hardwood floors have been refinished and i haven't seen them yet so i'm going to go in there uh, i think later today or tomorrow to to look at them and so that's going to be nice and so probably in a month or so the the first bedroom will be done and i can maybe move on to the living room we're ordering appliances this week for the place and and then and then i'll be broke for a little bit mm. <laughs> uh, any are you looking for black friday deals right now for that stuff we are um a, a friend of ours i don't know if i should say out loud but a friend of ours gave me a discount to ge appliances oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right yeah Incredible. um so I have everything in my cart. I just have to go over to the house and measure to make sure stove, dishwasher, washer and dryers will fit where they're supposed to. And then <clears throat> going to check out. And I got a, an amazing discount from our friend. And if he listens, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a huge help. So other, but we are going to look for other Black Friday things like mm -hmm. bath towels and blah, 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 stuff like that. Boring stuff. So, yeah, we, um, my, my grandfather passed away. Uh, a few months ago and since my father had passed away previous i owned one-fifth of my grandpa's house and when that sold a few weeks ago i got a, a small lump of cash and so that has been going into all those appliances and and the working on the house and stuff so it's um it's kind of a this is so thank you grandpa for helping me kickstart this house so that's awesome yeah cool uh the reason i was asking about the black friday stuff is because we are i'm i'm planning a basement renovation kind of thing probably after the new year and i started this list of all the different things that i want to do or try to work into this room i'm trying to make this big room for my kids to just have a like a hangout room they're getting older um into different things. And so like, you know, having the younger kids toys in one place is one thing, but now I want to have a place that's not toys. It's for hanging out, being a teenager and stuff. So looking at that room, I started this list of all these things that like, Oh, it'd be good to have one of these and be good to have one of these. And you know, they want this and whatever. So yesterday it dawned on me that a lot of stuff like that is cheap right now or cheaper. Mm -hmm. you know, so I went on to Amazon and I'm like looking at black Friday deals and found all of the stuff that I, all the, electronic stuff that I was going to put in there, I found at like at least 20, if not 25% off. And so even though I'm not ready to do the thing and I wasn't really looking forward to spending that money, it's cheaper to do it right now than now it will it's be. Now's the time. Yeah. I have a, uh, so, so. my brother came up, oh, we bought a couple of when tools a, a few weeks ago when the, it's like a, like a cheap Harbor freight type of, of tools. Yeah. And they were really good, and I was quite happy, quite pleased with with those tools. And my, so my brother said, "Hey, you should do a whole video of 
all Wen tools. And so since I'm building a budget-friendly shop over at the other house, I thought, well, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of Wen tools. And so we're going to do a video of just nothing but Wen tools. I have no affiliation with them. And so they're all in a cart right now. And I'm waiting to see if there's like a, a Black Friday sale that happens where the, the, the cart price oh, yeah. will, will go down. So, Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. If not, I know I get emails from Vivor or Vevor. Oh, or yeah. How you say the name. Yeah. Like every other day. Hey, we have a meat slicing machine. Would you like one for a <laughs> review? Or, you know, oh, so yeah. Like, I want like one they of those. sell everything. <laughs> so might be able to just hit them up and be like, hey, I need all of these tools for free. And they'd be like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I do want, need to make an apology. Last week, I did the summon Google thing where I'm like, hey, and then said the name <laughs> of the thing. And I set off a couple people's yeah. Google Homes. I apologize yeah. to everybody. <laughs> that was not appropriate. And then... Also not a big deal. I've had people <laughs> yell at me for... <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, I, I've had people yell at me for doing the, that same thing to the Amazon stuff because I've mm -hmm. made videos about it. Like I made a finger that would trigger the, you know, Glowforge from the Amazon device. And I talked about it a lot in there and people got so mad. And I'm like, I mean, it's like it didn't cost you anything. It didn't hurt anybody. It didn't, you know, calm down. But yeah, still wasn't on purpose. I get that. But it's funny because I remember you saying that last week, and as soon as you said it, my brain went, uh-oh. Yeah, yep. Because <laughs> I've done that many times. Uh, let's see. For me this week, so like I said, I, I've been designing, not designing, but trying to come up with what's going to go in that room. Uh, it's like right next door to where my office is. And also what to do with the stuff that's in there. Like I have... There are several things in that room that we just have that we don't need, but they're big. And here's a conundrum. And I think I probably know how you guys will respond to this, but I'm going to go ahead and ask anyway. So I have I have a piano, a player piano. And I think, Jimmy, I think it's the same one that you have or had. I think we talked about this. I other. still have it. It's in storage, yeah. So I have this player piano that was in my grandmother's farmhouse when she was a kid. So this was, that would have been the 1920s probably, and they got it used, you know, at some, somewhere. And so it's, I think it's from the 1890s. I'm pretty sure. I looked it up one time and it's been a long time. Wow. It's a player piano that um, has been in the family. It, you know, moved from the farm to a house and to the, ended up here. Uh, my grandfather completely restored it. He like stripped it all down and refinished the outside of it. He made it electric so that there's an electric pump in the bottom of it that runs the mechanism. So it runs. When I was newly married 18, 20 years ago, they brought it down to Savannah. This thing, and this thing weighs like, I don't know, 700 pounds, 800 pounds, something like that. They brought it to Savannah, moved it up steps into my house. Then the next year we moved into another house. Then five years later, we moved into another house. And then nine years after that, we moved here and we brought it back. So this thing has seen the world <laughs> and wow. it's very heavy. It also has a crack in the soundboard, so it cannot be tuned correctly. Per it cannot perfectly. be tightened fully because it will continue Break. to crack this cast iron block that's inside this thing. So, and, and also we have, we've been given another piano. Like when we lived in Savannah, our friends were moving. They gave us a baby grand piano, which was not in perfect shape or anything, but it's a, it's a great piano. And it's the one that we all play. My kids have learned on it. It's upstairs in the house. This one's in the basement because it weighs a billion pounds. So set up complete. We have this giant, heavy, non-tunable piano in the basement that nobody in our family as far as I can reach once this piano. Nobody has any interest in it. We don't need it in our house. What do you do? <laughs> Give it to a fan. Like what is the what is the email address to reach Oh gosh. Jimmy Take home Bob's computer <laughs> at gmail.com? No. Send emails to Jimmy. I it's a weird thing because I know we've talked about, you know, kind of heirloom type stuff before and family things to pass down to people and stuff. And it's, 
it's one of those things that I I hate to get rid of it, but I also I don't play it. I won't play it. It's it's like a step and a half flat, and it can't go. Mm. You know, so I can't play with anyone. It's not like I can sit down and play it next to somebody on guitar. They just well, <laughs> you know, work. player pianos is so intriguing to the maker people. Yeah, the one that I have is it's in the back of one of the shops. It's all covered with stuff, but I've been thinking about pulling it out to maybe put it in the graveyard house eventually. Mm. But every time I've had it out, which has only been one or two times, I had it in the foyer on a forklift. We pulled an extension cord out and turned it on. Every time we pulled it out, everyone's like, oh, my God, that is the coolest thing. They want to see all it's the mechanisms. It's fascinating to watch. Yeah. yeah. So maybe donate it to the first builder or makerspace or someplace where there's plenty of room. People could look at it, be inspired to develop mechanisms based on it. You know, it's, yeah. it's the type of thing that sparks so much curiosity. Somebody Especially has one that's that it's broken, so old. and they need a part, and they're going to want yours. I mean, so maybe throwing it up on, on your, Craigslist. Yours still works, right? It's, even though it's out of tune, yours still will do the player part? Yeah, yeah, it still plays. I've got an entire box of rolls, too, like mm. tons of music for it. Um, yeah, it's just a weird, it's a weird position to be in because I know that it has air quotes value because it's been in our family for so long but nobody in the family really wants it nobody either plays or has room for it or they already have a piano or you know Mm -hmm. i mean and then i the flip side of that is it's just a thing it's just a a thing that was made by somebody one time and somebody bought it for their kid or whatever and then you know it's just still around so maybe that's all it is but it's also a piece of history i was talking to my daughter this week about how um, things are, you know, I was talking in the context of cars, but things are made. This actually would be a whole big conversation and we didn't have a topic, but things are made by a person or by people as a way to, they have an idea that they think the world needs. And so they will make that thing in a moment for the world that's in a moment and it will look a certain way and it will do a certain thing and it will act a certain way because of how the world is and how people are and how that designer or person is right then. And in the case of cars and even like a piano, I guess, and like from a technological standpoint, the next year, somebody thinks it needs to be different because the world is different because the people are different. And so they'll like, and they want to sell more. And so they'll tweak it and they change it. And it never again is that thing that it was in that moment. It was designed to be right then, right there. And so I got to thinking about this because one of my kids was complaining about me driving this old busted Land Cruiser that's like all rusty and everything. And I got to thinking about like, well, they don't really understand why I like that thing, why I would want to put time into that thing to get it back to what it will, what it should have been. And my perspective on that is... I want to try to get that one object to be like it was meant to be, you know, right. when it was made. Yeah, because the there's already other stuff that has moved past it. There's already other stuff that is modern, that is for now, that is for last year, that will be for next year. And that was right then. And I want to try to just get that one thing back to what it was, what it was meant to be. And it's a thing. It doesn't matter. But it... It's a snapshot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a snapshot yeah. of that. I totally, I'm 100% in, in, in concert with you on that. That's why I love old things, because it represents that exact moment in time. Yeah. Whether it's technological or style or fashion or inventiveness, that object was made at that moment. It's like sticking a pin in that, that space and time, in the time continuum, because everything after that is better than that. That thing not That represents shaped- the technology right there. It also had a, a huge impact on um, structuring copyright laws because I believe some of the first legal copyright issues started with player pianos. I could be, I don't, oh. I don't have all the facts, but I know it started something with player pianos, and where do performance rights go? And and it, and it kind of shaped copyright oh, wow. law. Yeah, that's interesting. Crazy, I had no idea about that. Talk about so, representing a moment in time, but have you guys seen this thing that's been going around? It's been sent to me like three times because it's so clever. The guy's starting a tractor, like a tractor that's probably 100 years old. He he has to 
he does a couple things to prime the engine with, with diesel fuel. Then he puts a shotgun shell inside of like a tube. And then he lights this thing and sticks it into the front. There's like a wick and then he tightens it up into the front grill area. And then he takes a hammer and he hits the end of the cap that holds the shotgun shell. And that starts the tractor. Oh, wow. Whoa. That like was the was best tech. That was the best technology at the time, yeah. The shotgun shell probably just has like a charge in it. It doesn't probably yeah. have any bullets in it. But the idea of this is the best technology at the time, and it's so bizarre but clever. Instead of you out there cranking this thing, you you stick a shotgun shell, but you have to do all this priming stuff. And you got to light a wick, and the wick is like lit as he sticks it down into the engine, which must be part of heating up the uh, the glow glow plug i guess that's hmm. cool. but that was the best technology at the time but it's still so clever and so interesting it's the, hmm. you know we just hop in now and push a button yeah but anyway that's the the piano scenario i'm trying to figure out what to do with that if anybody has any ideas let me know i i would love for it to go to a place or to a person that would like just they want the dressing of it or they want it to be able to play some kind of honky tonk because it has that sound to it, you know, just like in the background of some cool restaurant or something like I would like it to be in use. I don't want it to just go to a landfill. That, that's, that's a waste. Um, no, you, you it, can't, an object like that, you either. can't, you know, I don't, I don't want it to, it's taking up space. I'm at a point now where I'm realizing I've realized this before, but I'm currently re-realizing that, for us to be able to change the things that we want to change in our house, some things have to go to make room for those things. So this is one of those objects that, that has to go. But anyway. Bob, is there anything besides this basement renovation? Are there any big renovations in your house that you, because I know you were using that for for video content for a minute. Is there any other big projects? Um, I mean, we have our master closet uh is is like a walk-in closet that that's been on the list for a long time i'm trying to figure out how to make that interesting you know yeah um and i think it would be helpful for people anybody that's in a similar situation of like a reasonably small walk-in closet what do you do with a lot of stuff and everything uh there's that and then i think everything else that i would like to renovate is outside now pretty much and that's a tough one because I don't really like the front of our house needs a complete makeover, but I kind of don't want to make a video about the front of our house and then put it on the internet. You know what mm. I mean? Something, I don't know. Something yeah. strange about that. I can't really figure out what it is. Um, you our know backyard, exactly what I would is. love. Well, I know exactly what it is, but you know, <clears throat> um, I was uh, driving down your dead end street and I recognized your house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the backyard I think needs to be, you know, redone with like some pavers and like some stone steps and stuff like that. So, but other than those things, the basement is like the, the last big room I think that could be completely made over. And I think it will be really cool once we're done with it. But, um, it's also, a, I guess the honesty of it is it's also kind of a, uh, last gasp of my kids are getting older they're on their way toward college and leaving and this is this is a room that i can i can try to hold them here while they're here you know what i mean like give them a place to be to do some you know um and so i'm trying to make it not not a kid room it's like a like a kid like a teenager room yeah. To just try to take advantage of that time that I have. So I'm looking at it a little bit differently than I, I did, like the boys' bedroom and stuff that I've renovated and done a bunch of stuff in. So, yeah. Um, let's see. So I also, I was talking about working in the shop yesterday. Man, I, I cleaned up. It wasn't even that long, honestly, but it was focused time of just trying to clean the shop and trying to organize things and just like, Here's a stack of things that I probably should have cut in half and thrown away a long time ago. So I'm going to do that right now. And <laughs> what a huge difference it makes in a space to just start kind of chucking things and putting things where they go and stop avoiding like cleaning up that pile because, it, you know, I'm too busy or whatever. It made a huge difference and it makes me want to just keep going and I'm moving kind of from one end of the shop to the other. I just want to keep 
organizing and not even really organizing, more just like putting away. Um, but that was, it was a really good day yesterday of taking the time to kind of reset, you know, uh, I want to do a lot more of that. I was going to talk about, um, this thing we did this, this last week though. So <clears throat> for we set up, uh, there's this place, they have different locations, but there's one in Louisville near us. It's called Activate. So Forby set up just a time for us to all get together. So Josh, Anthony, Megan, Forby, and I, and some of the spouses all met at this place. Now, this place is like a like an arcade, like a physical arcade. I don't have another way to explain it. But you get this RFID wristband, and <clears throat> you go into, it's a bunch of different game rooms, and you go into a room, and you sign in on the wall with your armband, and then, you know, everybody signs in. And you go in, and then there's different games. And every room has multiple versions of a physical game. And so some of them, the floor is covered with these LED panels. And a voice comes on, and it's like, step on the blue lights, avoid the red lights. And then the entire floor turns red, and then Hmm. blue ones pop up. And you have to jump across the room and tap certain ones. And there's buttons on the wall, and you got to go hit those. And in other rooms, there's like a laser grid that shoots out of one wall across... And they're turning on and off, and you got to like bend down and roll and jump and stuff to try to avoid these things. What happens when is it? It knows when you when you've been hit or stepped on the wrong thing because yeah, because it has a sensor on one. It's like a laser break, so it's shooting a laser at a sensor, and if you get in the way of that, then it knows that. But it knows you're the one because of the wristband. Well, no, it knows who's in. So the three of three people or five people or whatever go into this room, and based on the cumulative score of all three of those, they all get those points. So it doesn't know who did what. Mm -hmm. Um, it, you know, some of them, there's like a basketball one where you're just shooting basketball and it keeps track. There's one where you have to, there's LED stuff on the wall, these different pattern things, and you have to throw the ball at only certain color patterns. There's one that I feel like I was pretty good at. It's like this weird thing I have about pattern recognition, but the entire walls, three walls are covered with LED, those big arcade buttons that are like this big. They're like mm-hmm. four inches. They're LED. And it's covered in them. There must have been, I don't know, 500 of these buttons. Whoa. And in the middle of the front wall, it would show you a nine-block color pattern, and then all of the buttons would light up. And you had to look for that color pattern across the entire wall, but it could be turned in any orientation. Oh, Um, man. It was so fun because I... For some reason, that works for me. My brain can see that pattern, and then I can find patterns and visual things. And so uh, the whole place was so much fun, and it was very physical, and everybody was sweaty and tired at the end of it and everything, but we were in there for, I think, 75 minutes of gameplay, and you just play as many of them as you want, as often as you want, you know, and they all take uh, two minutes or something. It's not like a they take a long time. But I would highly recommend... Anybody go do that with a group of friends or with your family or, you know, it's totally kid-friendly and stuff too, but uh, it was a lot of fun. So it's called Activate. And I know there's at least two of them. I'm sure there's a bunch of them, but I know of two locations. So we did that this week. Um, That was a lot of fun. It was just good to hang out with that gang too. Mm. Uh, I think that's pretty much what I've been doing this week. What are you guys going to be doing for the holiday? We are hanging out with my sisters having everybody over. So I have an older brother and sister and, you know, all of their kids and us and my parents. We're all just getting together for dinner, hanging out. We have no real plans for this long weekend. So today is Wednesday and it starts a long weekend for school stuff, you know. So my kids are home from today until they go back on Monday. And we are so used to you know, every day is like at least one soccer practice. Somebody has piano, somebody has so-and-so club after school, somebody has band practice, somebody, and and there's so much overlap and we're just constantly just, my calendar is extremely important to keeping track of where everybody's supposed to be. And this is the first time in as long as I can remember that we have like five days with nothing to do we have no other than going to thanksgiving dinner we have no obligations we have no schedules we have no gotta be up at a certain time or get to a place at a certain time 
it's kind of weird, honestly. It's just something we're not used to. So, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. Hmm. Next few days, I'm just hanging out. Mm. I'm gonna yeah. take a day, at least one of those days, and go out to the farm for an extended period of time and work on the Gia. Nice. No cameras. No. No mics. You know, I don't know. Uh, I, I know we were talking about the how do you eat an elephant idea last <laughs> right. week. Uh, and that is, I think I am going to do that video, but I don't think I'm ready to do that this weekend. I think I want the no camera, no mics, mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, yeah. go enjoy it. But probably next week I'll see how much I can get done in a day with focus and with an intention and filming, which will make it worse. But, um, I think I'll do that next week. Yeah. What about you all? Any, any Thanksgiving? Going to, going to visit family, hanging out with grandma, mom, brother, and sister. And my, my in-laws are, they're, they're leaving the area to go visit other families. So instead of, we only, I only have one family to go to this year. I always, um, I, I know my experience with holidays is different than with most people, but if the holidays always feel like an interruption to my, to my workflow mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh man, I got, I got so much stuff I got to do, but now I got to go spend time with identify. my loved ones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and I, I appreciate all my loved ones. Um, and I do appreciate the, 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 the breakup in, in the routine, which is I think necessary for me. So, but yeah, uh, the holidays always feels like an interruption to my, to my workflow. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I know what you mean. But I, <laughs> it's, 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 I, I should be spending more time with grandma. Mom moved in with grandma cause grandma's having a harder time taking care of herself. Mom's losing her mind because grandma's mind isn't all there so um i think i think mom needs a hug right now so i'm gonna go hang out with mom well good yeah yeah i i mean i totally get that i think any of us understand that holidays or any anything that's out of our control or our pattern Mm -hmm. of time feels like an interruption but in the moment I'm going to see it some friends be. in Woodstock, and then I'm going to, on Saturday. My my uh, brother's doing an informal, so I'll get to go see everybody at my brother's house. It's not going to. It's just going to be on Saturday afternoon, so it's not going to be like the big deal like everybody else is celebrating. So that'll be really more of the Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. I'm just going to hang out with some friends this week, uh, this particular holiday, and then on the weekend I'll get to see everybody else. That'll be fun. It's always fun when yeah. me and my family get together. All we do is pick on each other and make fun of each other, but in a loving that, way. I would actually really like to be in a fly on the wall when your family is together. That's crazy. No, <laughs> no it's <laughs> it fun. It seems like it would be really fun to watch, but not I'll tell you, in, in the target, like to be a target. The, the, focus, the focus this year is going to be my, my brother's son and daughter are both in college. So they're Aiden, Aiden Duresta and Hunter Duresta, who are both internet they're both on the internet, and they both want audiences. Uh, <laughs> Hunter's a very good-looking TikToker, and so she's getting all types of uh, of offers for makeup and clothes. And then my her brother, my nephew Aiden, who's about twenty, he's in college, and he's developing this whole comedic style sense of comedy. He's very good at it. He's really good. He's really good at interviewing people, and he's he's fearless, which is which is pretty funny. You know, he's kind of got that whole thing going on he's trying to find his way on youtube and instagram with that and then my sister's son who's the same age as those two guys so all three of them will be around so i'm sure the focus will be on them seeing what they're up to they're all first and second year of college for those three and they're like best buds all three of them so we'll, we'll get cool. to see what, what they're up to and you know the content they're creating my uh, my sister's son is more i think he's more into business but he what what intrigues me about him he's also like a closet musician he plays the trumpet and plays a few instruments, but he doesn't ever show that, but he's very good at mm. it. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, I think he's taking some music classes as well in college, but he's going to be focusing on business. So you be curious to see what those guys think of their first, two first year, second, uh, one is the second year. And uh, I get to see my mom, and I might be able to go see my dad. I don't know if my dad's going to be able to make that, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah so that's it. I'm looking forward to my mom's cooking. She... She's such a an amazing cook, and 
I'm a uh, like living. I live with a vegetarian, so there's not a lot of huge meat meals in our house. If so, it's it's meat cooking, and so I'm definitely going to enjoy some some really good food. I don't I don't think we're having turkey. We rarely have turkey for Thanksgiving. I think we're having ribs, hmm. and that's <clears throat> getting hungry just thinking about it. That sounds good. We had spaghetti one year for Thanksgiving, and that was nice. So your family has Italian lineage, right? Uh, yeah. On my that's yeah. that's my so, dad's I mean, side. That... I'm going to my, my my mom's side, but yeah, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. my 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 non-Italian family for a couple of years had spaghetti for Thanksgiving. Hmm. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, spaghetti's good. No spaghetti's good. Where yeah. Come from honestly. Um. Well, so I I was just we were talking about the kind of Thanksgivingness of before we started recording, and. You know, this last year, I don't want to do like a big, like, I'm thankful for this. What about you? Kind of thing. I'm just throwing this out there because it was on my mind. So this last year has been a lot of change for me business-wise. And the last year and a half had been pretty rough, you know. Um, And so a lot of the changes were very difficult personally and... uh, there's a lot tied up in that stuff, you know, dealing with my friends, having to just change all of the stuff <clears throat> around my friends and the business and how all those things relate. And it's been it's been hard. It's been a lot of wrestling, uh, a lot of stress for me. But the thing I want to get to is that I'm actually looking back now. I'm I'm incredibly grateful for how those changes have happened and how <clears throat> how things are right now. I'm really grateful for uh, you know the fact that everybody that I've worked with over the last couple of years are now doing awesome new things and are all thriving in their environments and are all uh, still close to me. And, you know, uh, I'm thankful that even though change can be really difficult and really hard to get through. Sometimes it can end up being the thing that is the best. It is, it can be the thing that actually gets you to the place you need to be rather than keeping you somewhere you shouldn't have been. So I'm just really thankful, uh, for hard changes and that the hard changes are not quite as hard as they were. Yeah. (laughs) It's always, it's always hard hard in the moment. It's always, I say it all the time. It's always seems so difficult in the moment. And when you look back, you're like, oh, that's what I was so broken up about. Or that's what I was hanging on to. You know, uh, my friend Rachel always says, if you, you know, if you don't let go, you're going to get dragged. Mm. And it's pretty interesting how she puts it. She's uh, very spiritually in tune. And she says, if, if you don't let go, you're just going to get dragged. Hmm. So she's like, do you want to be dragged or do you want to let go? You know, whatever that is. Obviously, that's, you know, that's to be interpreted personally. But don't get dragged. Yeah. You know, it's pretty heavy when you really start to think about it. She says it often. And, uh, you know, it definitely hits a spot with me sometimes when, when I hear it. Yeah. I found, you know, over the last couple of years that a lot of times my solutions to and this goes exactly with what you're saying my solutions to problems were actually the problem my solution to trying to continually fix or trying to continually manage something or come up with a better way was actually the problem when i should have just let it go i should have i should have not been dragged i should have just been willing to take the small hit of letting something change rather than trying to force it to stay the same and that's a hard lesson to learn. It's a hard way to, you have to go through something. You have to go through an unwanted change to realize that you really wanted that change and you really should have just let it happen a long time before. And so that's, that's where I'm at now. Looking back, I have that hindsight of like, oh, wow, man. It, like, I was going to, I was going to hurt. I was going to stress either way. I should have done that a year earlier. You know what I mean? I should have gotten that thing that was inevitable out of the way so that I didn't have to hurt and stress for as long as I did in all the ways that I did and whatever. And 
you know, timing is perfect. Everything works as as it did, and it's, it's all good. But I'm just grateful looking back for how things are right now in this particular moment. No. So. Yeah. No. I, I, if, if, if we're, spiel. Yeah, if we're talking about thankful, I'm thankful for the fans. I made, you know, you guys and the fans. I don't want to get emotional. Oh, hold on. <coughs> This is me getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> you cough instead of cry. <laughs> no, it, uh, it's like a nervous reaction. But, yeah. <clears throat> you know, the, if I look back, <sighs> the last 12 years, and, you know, my personal growth, my technical growth, my skill set, you know, that all wouldn't have happened if I didn't start showing off and developing friendships with the fans and you guys and the people that inspire me to grow and I'll stop talking because I'll keep crying <laughs> thank you I'm going to go with my family I, I know I probably sound a little ungrateful a little bit ago saying you know Thanksgiving is interrupting my, my workflow but, but I have the most crazy supportive family and not all of them has understood how I made my living, but they've always been supportive. My mom, she's always sharing my stuff. Uh, grandma doesn't understand what I do, but is always asking what I'm working on next. And, you know, my brother, he will stop what he is doing to come over to help me. He lives 45 minutes away and he will, be over here in 42 minutes if I need help. And um, my, you know, I lost my grandpa this year. I haven't, I don't think I talked about that on the show because I didn't want a bunch of, I'm sorry, letters from, from people because it was a, it was a personal thing. But grandpa always ask him what, uh, what I was working on when he was here. And just, um, he was super proud of, the stuff that I made, which was always really nice. And then Kelly, who, man, I have got a lot of crazy ideas and she is just like, let's do them all. And I don't, I don't, <laughs> somehow I was able to quit my job 10 years ago. Somehow I'm able to buy a house where I have this crazy goal of making all the furniture in the house. And she is just right there, and she has the best ideas. I'm just surrounded by really, really good, supportive people, and I'm very lucky. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yep. I agree. <clears throat> I mean, I'm with. I agree with you for your family, but also me for my family. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we're also thankful for our Patreon supporters. How about yeah. that for a segue? That's good. That's yeah. seamless. That was no. a good one. Yeah. I'll cry for the Patreons. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> we are really grateful for the for the Patreons. I, 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 really I know you will. <laughs> it's a great group of people that honestly make this happen. And they give us the opportunity to be able to get together oh. and cry for each other and hang out and do this for <laughs> 25 years or however long it's been. Um, legitimately, we are 27. grateful to uh, the people who are now supporting us and the people who have supported us in the past. You know, not everybody sticks around forever and that's okay, but we're grateful for the fact that it helped us get, you know, the show going and keep going and all that stuff. So thank you, even if you've been on that list at any point. Um, there is a top group that always go above and beyond and I want to call them out and they they don't have to spend the money that they spend on the show every, I mean, nobody has to spend any money on the show every month. But they, like, invest in us um, by going above and beyond what is normal <laughs> and reasonable by, you know, really paying a lot. So big thanks to Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting. Those two guys I had a really great time spending time with a couple weeks ago in Illinois. I'm grateful for their insight and their parenting knowledge and experience. <laughs> Very cool. Um, Rich at Lowen Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Sean Beckner, Scott at Dad It Yourself DIY, The New Janky Workshop, Warren Works, Michael Menegin, The Web Ranch Specialties, I got it right that time, and Crabtree Creative. <laughs> but everybody else, like Alb Knives, Alb? I don't know if I said that right. 
Alb. Sounds right to There's me. There's a bunch of other people that help us out. Yeah. Um, and we are very grateful, sincerely grateful for that support. So if you want to get the after show that all they get, it's extra stuff, extra another show after this one, you can go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out at any level. Everybody gets it. So big thanks to everybody over there. Do you guys have anything to recommend? I have something really cool. I got something really cool. Oh, cool. oh yeah? Well, I bet yours is probably cooler. What you got? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend because I'm thankful for Keith Rucker. I don't know if you guys, I might have said it once or twice before, but Keith Rucker for the last year or so has been restoring a four-foot diameter wheel bandsaw, which is going to ultimately be about 12 or 12 through 13 feet tall. It's a bandsaw with a four-foot throat, a bandsaw with a 48-inch throat, if you can get your brain around that. He offered it up for sale through a friend a year and a half ago, and I said, I'll buy it. And then he says, all right, I'll transport it to my shop, and then we'll arrange shipping. We'll figure out how to get it to New York. And while it sat there, he called back and said, I have an idea. He goes, let me restore this bandsaw. I'll do a series of videos on it. I'll get the content, and I'll get your audience, and you get to keep the bandsaw. And I was like, that is the best deal I've ever heard in my life. Of course, I'm going to compensate him. But he has done maybe 50 videos on restoring this bandsaw over the year. So check out Keith Rucker at Vintage Machinery. I'll send you guys a link to his latest. But he's done so many detailed videos on restoring this bandsaw, from dismantling the, the arbor at the very beginning to fixing up the casting, the painting, all the small machine details that he's done. And he's done all of it there in his shop. And he's up to tracking, and there's videos on how he put on the VFD and the motor control and everything. It's I'm so looking wow. forward to getting my hands on this thing. It's going to be great. I can't wait to sculpt a big robot on it. Do you have a log. space for it already, like dedicated? I mean, because that's a giant footprint. Do you uh, have a spot for it? Uh, yeah, it's going to go in the, the horse barn, which I've been closing in. I've been closing in. Oh, okay. Dave, are you seeing Bob in the, in the afterlife like I am? Oh, hey, he keeps freezing up and getting all pixelated. and and. Right now, Bob, you're like about three minutes behind your voice, and you're moving very slowly as oh. if you're in... As if you're in outer space for some gotcha. strange reason. Yeah, your your image is completely 30 seconds behind your voice. And you actually look See better. It'll take no, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so check out Keith Rucker and the restoration. He mixes the videos in with all other stuff he does, but it's amazing. Talk about making things the way they were meant to be when they were designed. You know, mm. Check out Keith's channel for the vintage machinery restoration. Keith Rucker. You know, I don't like I I've got a bunch of vintage music gear, but I've never been into the vintage tools. I don't know why that didn't transfer over for me. But hmm. anyway, uh it, yeah, I like I, I like I love old like I have guitar from the 60s and um I've had amps from the 50s and 60s i've sold some of them because i needed the space but yeah and then i've got a bunch of old guitar pedals and some 40 year old tape delays and i just love old music gear but that it just never transferred over to tools i like having remind me to tell you about my favorite wah pedal in the after show oh all right you'll like okay. it so my pick is Daniel Tosh has a new YouTube show. Daniel Tosh had a show on Comedy Central called Tosh 2.0. And I love that show. I've been, I've watched both episodes. Of <laughs> and, um, uh, so to, I like love hate with Tosh 2.0 cause I like Daniel Tosh's humor. Uh, I actually saw his stand up maybe 12 years ago, which was good, but Tosh 2.0 was sometimes a little too cringy for me. And, but I would still enjoy it, but he's got a new YouTube show. It's like a, it's, it's basically a podcast where he has a guest and it is so freaking good. Jimmy, you said you've watched or listened to both episodes. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, as soon as it came out, it was recommended to me because I've always watched the Tosh.0 on it's YouTube. It's so good. So as soon as like, he only had like 20,000 followers when yeah, I, yeah, now it's up to 195,000. So it's going quick. He yeah. didn't want to have other comedians as guests he didn't want to have celebrities as guests so the first episode he his his uh his guest is his wife's gynecologist and and then the second episode <laughs> it's really is uh it's good it's not it, yeah it's not silly or stupid it's, it's, it's really, really good. good and then the second episode there's only two episodes out is with an athlete with no legs and the the amazing thing about the show is you know 
Daniel Tosh is a is a comedian and he does crack jokes and make jokes, but the guests are completely comfortable. Like they are they're they're almost they're they're responding well to the jokes. It's not like he's making fun of them and they're both having just an amazing conversation. It's absolutely hilarious. Mm. It's um you can you can see through the funniness where Daniel Tosh is caring and I I, don't, I haven't really seen that part of him before it's just so good and he comes he comes across as being super sarcastic but he really is he really has a sense of humility like he knows he's yes. just another moron that's the best way to put it yeah he's yeah he's not just so that's interesting know. that actually makes me want to watch it at least try it out because my past experience with his comedy was wow he just makes fun of people all the time yeah. like that's not fun for me to watch and yeah so yeah hmm okay I'll, I'll give it a shot on your recommendation. And if it's terrible, it's on you guys. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> um, so mine is a, mine is a Instagram channel that I don't know how I came across. It just got fed to me one time and it's called righteous robot. And it's a guy that does uh, stop motion with paper cutouts, but they're not two dimensional. He makes paper. I've cutouts seen this. It's, it's, it's unbelievable beautiful it's It's this really unique style um and he shows how he does a lot of the animation stuff you know uh in three dimensions he has these crazy simple but interesting rigs behind things so that he can change the depth of these shots and it's just a really cool style really interesting work and I don't know anything about him or where he works or what he does the stuff for. I just came across quite a few of these images of in some video. Uh, it's just a really cool thing. I started following just because I want to kind of see more of how it's done. And What's it called again? Not that I would ever do it, but Righteous Robot. Um, I, I think it's just one guy, but yeah. So go check that out. Uh, you guys got anything else for this week? No, I'm going to tell you why I'm thankful for you guys in the after show. Oh, oh, boy. Don't make me well, cry thank you again. for listening, everybody. If you're in the U.S., uh, we hope you had, I guess, a great Thanksgiving yesterday. If you're not in the U.S., I hope you had a good Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thank you. Uh, thanks thank for you. listening, thank you. We'll We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Love you. Thankful for you guys.